welcome to the Teen Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy, and today we are talking about dating and relationships with Mikkel. Hey, you guys, I am so, so, so excited today because Mikkel is back on the podcast with us. Hey, guys, what's up? I missed you guys. (laughs) We've missed you. So I'm so happy to have you on here again today. And I was thinking about just having you back on just so we can get an update about you. And then also, I know you've been doing some really cool things. And so I bet the teens would love to hear with what you've been doing in your business and what you've been teaching people that you're working with. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Um, so yeah, it's good, you know, to get to say hi to you guys again. Um, you know, for those of you who've been with the show for a while, you hear and know and recognize me. Um, those of you who are new and have just known Sammy, um, Sammy and I used to co-host the show and, um, I was the initial founder of it. And I have, you know, obviously been doing a lot of coaching and just kind of some development on myself. And I just kind of discovered a passion for really coaching on relationships and anxiety around relationships. And Sammy just is so passionate about coaching teens. And so I just really discovered with myself a passion for coaching around relationships and anxiety that can come up from being in one. I ended up pursuing that as that's really kind of my niche and where I focus in my coaching now. Um, so Sammy, obviously you guys have been in great hands with, and, um, she is so pro at coaching teams. Um, but that that's kind of the work I do now is a lot on people that are in good, healthy relationships, but have some fears coming up and some doubts and anxiety that can accompany, um, loving someone. So, that that's the work I do. I feel like you have so much knowledge in that area and I'm excited for you to share it with us because I do get requests on like, okay, tell me what I'm supposed to do if this is happening in my relationship or, you know, there's so many questions I get about relationships. So I'm like, you know what, Mikkel, come on over. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us about (laughs) anxiety and relationships. Yes. And it's, it's such a good time to talk about it because like this is the first, you know, in your teen years is the first time, you, you know, like for some of us that we're like, you know, starting to date or having our first boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, starting to experience that part of life. And I think that like our teen years are such a good place to create a foundation, right? For, um, you know, dating and relationships and the whole rest of our life. So it's such a good time to be thinking about it and asking questions and figuring it out. Yeah. I mean, like this is when it starts in your teen years, (laughs) right? And it is such a, it's such a learning time and almost like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an experiment. (laughs) It's like an experimental time because you don't know what you're doing. The other person doesn't really know what they're doing. And so it's kind of like navigating new territory and it's such a learning experience. And we're also in our teens, we're still young and it's helpful to have some tools and some skills in and around, you know, first relationships. And I think that that's like, like you were saying, it's new and that's what kind of makes it like fun and exciting, right? Is like that newness of like you're learning and you've never have experienced this before. But then also on the flip side, I think whenever 
something's new and we have excitement about it, there's also can be on the back half of it is anxiety and the fear, right? Yeah. Things that we're not super excited about is just kind of in, like we don't tend to have a lot of emotion either way, right? But when you're super excited and it's new, like jumping out of an, you know, if you're going skydiving, there's going to be a lot of excitement but there's also going to be a whole lot of anxiety. Anxiety can just be the other side of the coin of feeling excitement with a new relationship. Well, I, um, I was telling you that we just got a puppy this last week. What day is it today? I'm tired, but anyways, it's Thursday. So we got a puppy on Monday. Okay. And so the puppy was supposed to come at 11 AM and she was delivering the puppy. And like, I hadn't heard from her in like 24 hours. And I was like, is the puppy coming? Is the puppy not coming? And I was just like watching my brain, like freak out, watch my phone. Like I was almost like obsessed with receiving her texts. And I'm like, I feel like I'm in love again, or I'm like a teenager or something that's like (laughs) obsessing about, are they going to contact me? What's going to happen? What happened? You know, anyway, she she had, she has a brand new baby. So like, she didn't sleep at all that night where I was like, okay, yeah, you just need to like, stop freaking out a little bit. But it was just funny to watch my brain a little bit, go back to that, where I was like, totally obsessing about her texts and not being able to control when the puppy was going to come. Yeah, that I, that's such a good analogy. I love that. It's, I think that is really what happens in dating sometimes is we have this uncertainty or this unknown thing, right? This other person that, you know, like you wanting the puppy, but we don't know exactly how it's going to happen or when the person's coming and we're trying to figure it out. And so sometimes in dating, it's that uncertainty that makes it exciting, but then also our brain can spin out and be a little bit obsessive and be like really analyzing every little thing that they said, every little thing that they texted us or didn't text us versus just kind of letting things happen. So I actually think it'd be good to even kind of just step back and define like anxiety in relation. Um, so I know you've talked a lot about anxiety on the podcast. You know, way I talk about anxiety is that anxiety is a physical experience that we have. Um, you know, like maybe your heart is racing, it feels hot, you know, like you're, maybe you feel like you can't breathe. It it can be a feeling in your body, um, that we create with our thinking. And so anxiety around relationships often comes from certain kind of thought patterns. So those thought patterns can sound like, um, I see wide variety of things, um, can sound like things like maybe he doesn't actually love me. Or what if he cheats on me? Or what if I don't actually love him? Like, how do I know if he's the one? So it'll be these questions that are are totally normal. Like most people have thoughts or questions like that about being in a committed relationship at some point. But the anxiety piece comes in where we have a thought like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, something might be really wrong. Like I just questioned if he loves me. Maybe he really doesn't. So I need to go do things to make sure. So I'm going to analyze in my head and think back to all the different times that he told me he loved me to be like, okay, we're good. Or I might hurry and text him and see like, does he text me back fast enough to know that he loves me? Or I might like really read into the text and like, oh, there's not a smiley face in this one. Or normally he calls me cutie. He didn't call me cutie in this one. He must not really love me anymore. 
So it's like this constant battle in your brain of like these questions and doubts we have in our relationships. And we're trying to calm and ease ourselves by proving to ourselves that we're safe and secure in this relationship. Right. Well, and then we end up relying on that constant reassurance from that other person, like, Hey, we're good. Or no, I'm not mad at you. Or yeah, I still love you, which that constant reassurance is kind of like a big problem. And I know you know all about this, but why would you say the needing of the constant reassurance from that other person causes so many issues in our relationships? Yeah, it, it is. It seems fine on the surface. Like it doesn't seem wrong to just be like, hey, you know, like, do you still love me and have your partner tell you that and like that, Right. Or to like double check and make sure, yes, I do really want to be in this relationship. Yeah, I think he's the person I love. Like, it seems good to get reassurance or validation. Or like, you know, maybe you might be asking your friends, like, what do you think of him? Do you like him? Is he good? And having your friends say, yeah, he's amazing. That feels so good to hear. But here's the problem with it is we have a little voice inside our brain that's always worried. And it doesn't matter what we tell that voice it's always going to bring up another concern. But what about this? What about this? So you maybe might have your partner tell you, yeah, I do love you. And you'll be like, okay, we're good. But then that part of you that likes to worry is like, but did they actually mean that? Yes. I need you to tell me again. Right. It's kind of like this insatiable part of us that can, it doesn't matter how much reassurance it gets, always going to be doubting and questioning. And the more that we feed the reassurance, the more that our brain actually worries even more. If he loves me and he tells me he loves me, that worked Mm -hmm. and I feel reassured. And so next time I feel anxious, I just need to do that again. Well, the way that I like to think about it is it's almost like you're feeding a cookie monster where (laughs) I've been thinking of an analogy for it. And that is perfect. (laughs) Where like you have a cookie monster and it, loves cookies. And so you give it some cookies and it's satiated for a little while, but then in a little bit, it's going to want more cookies. And it just keeps loving those cookies and wanting those cookies. And you're really just teaching that cookie monster to just eat those cookies and that the cookies are the answer to feeling happy. Yes. And that even that one cookie won't be enough anymore, right? And by that, and cookie monsters just shoving like 10 in his mouth, right? Totally. What happens with reassurance is you know, before maybe just asking him, do you love me was enough, but now like we need him to go buy us flowers and chocolate every single day to feel good. Right. So it it can kind of escalate and it doesn't, you know, one cookie becomes not enough for us. Right. Right. Like you said, I love that. Okay. So what do you think is the most common reason for anxiety in teen relationships? Again, like those thought patterns that we tend to have, right. Of with anxiety and relationships. Um, you know, many of the clients I work with are young adults, you know, they're, they're in their twenties or thirties, they're getting engaged, but even as a teen, you can start maybe having some of these fears of like, Oh, well, does my boyfriend even like me? Or maybe you're not even in a relationship, but you might find yourself like, does he, maybe he does like me. Maybe he doesn't like me. Or maybe you might be worrying about like, you know, what if, like I am accidentally flirting with this guy and leading him on. And you're not, that's not your intention at all. But some teens might worry about that, that they might be giving off the wrong impression or might be dating. And, you know, like, again, it's your first boyfriend. 
right? You're just learning about dating. But sometimes when we get anxious, I think as a teen, it can be easy to put a lot of pressure on that. Like, Ooh, we need to have this worked out. We need to like, I need to know right now if he's the one I need to know where this is going, what's going to happen after high school or whatever it is. Um, so I think for teens, it can be trying to figure out these things that are so beyond where we're at right now. Right. Versus just kind of letting ourselves have that experience of dating. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things where perfectionism comes in with is the anxiety. And then it's one of the first times you're learning to be intimate. You're learning to be vulnerable to somebody. And then, you know, that perfectionist piece kind of comes in and is like, you need to be perfect. (laughs) And I think that causes so much anxiety in relationships. Yes. Totally. That I think perfectionism is a huge thing. So, you know, sometimes that can be expecting it of yourself and like, I need to make sure I always say or do the right thing to make sure that my partner never leaves me. Like if I say everything perfectly and do everything perfectly, then I can control him choosing to stay in this relationship mm-hmm. or vice versa. We might maybe not be totally sure if it's the right relationship and we might be expecting extreme perfection from our partner. We might expect them to never, ever say like anything that's a little bit weird, or we might expect them to look perfect all the time and always feel attracted to them. So perfectionism feeds anxiety 100%. Yeah. Which being married for a long time now, really, <laughs> it's like that gets old really fast. We just are not meant to be perfect people. We say the wrong thing all the time. We wake up in the morning and we don't, <laughs> we have bad breath and <laughs> our hair is messy. And so like really expecting that of ourselves or of our partner is just, very, very unreasonable. And so just to like, even be striving for that, you're always going to be let down. Yes. Yes. And I think it's such a powerful thing to recognize as a team because, you know, many of my clients have been living with years of the fantasy we've been given from media, right. Of how you, you, you watch a chick flick and it's like, she just looks gorgeous all the time. Like they just look perfect together. Right. And, and they ride happily ever after into the sunset, like, you know, they get married and everything is like totally blissful. And so I think as a teen, I know for me, I definitely had that idea in my head of like, Oh, once I find the one, then everything's just going to be perfect. And I'm going to just be totally happy. And And he's going to talk to me like this and he's going to do this for me and take care of me this way. (laughs) Oh yeah. I had them all. (laughs) We we build up this fantasy in our head that really creates, I think that idea of perfection of like, once we find that relationship, not only is he going to be perfect, but I'm going to be perfect. And when you are in a relationship with a real human being, we can like, when we start dating, we can pretend that for a little bit, but real connection isn't going to come from pretending and it's going to make us feel anxious if anything. Right. Which is leads me into my next question, which is perfect is what do you think real connection is? 
I want you to define that for our teens, because I think that we do have a lot of misconceptions on like what real connection is just because we kind of get that false pleasure over social media of quote unquote connection, but it's not really true connection. So can you explain that to us? Like, what do you believe is true connection? I feel like connection is like allowing yourself to be genuinely seen and, and truly seeing someone else for who they are. And you know, that social media many of us were putting on a show a little bit, right? We're kind of showing that best side of us. And so we're not really genuinely connecting. Yeah. When we're trying to pretend we're perfect in a relationship, we're not allowing our partner to see our flaws or when we're expecting perfection of them, we're not loving and embracing them for like some of the human flaws that they have. And so I really feel like connection is being willing to show up is like, this is me, right? This is who I am. Even like if you deal with anxiety in relationships, I think one of the most powerful things can be to even sit down and have a conversation with the person you're dating and just be like, Hey, just so you know, like sometimes I, I worry a lot and just being like totally vulnerable with your partner. And obviously like where you're at in relationship, you get to decide how much you want to share and open up. But I really do feel like connection requires um, being willing to like show the ugly sides of yourself that you want, not really ugly, but the parts that we maybe might feel a little bit ashamed of and we want to hide. Right. I guess I like to think of it a little bit as like a best friend relationship. I mean, obviously it's not the same, but you just think of your best friend, like you do not show up to your best friend relationship being perfect, right? That's, that's what your best friend is there for. They're there to support you and they're a best friend will love you. And they know all the things about you and still choose to love you anyways. And the same goes both ways, right? And that's how we feel about our best friend. We, we are, we love our best friend and we're totally accepting of their flaws. And when they make a mistake, right? I think that's such, I, I love comparing it to a best friend because I think sometimes in relationships, again, we have this idea once we're with the right person, we're going to feel hundred percent happy all the time. And you think about your relationship with your best friend, you guys love being together, but also you might have a moments where you get a little bit annoyed with each other, or you might have some misunderstandings or feel frustrated. And we don't expect everything with our best friend to be 100% perfect all the time. And so being able to kind of carry that mindset into dating and relationships is huge. And still maintain your independence, whether it's a best friend relationship or if it's an an intimate relationship, like still maintaining that independence is so, so important. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think as a teen, a big thing is trying to find yourself, right? We're trying to figure out who we are in the world. And a lot of times the way we do that we try to define ourselves with other people, Mm -hmm. specifically those we're closest to like a best friend or a boyfriend. And I think that independence piece is huge to just maintain, like, this is who I am. And, you know, whether or not this relationship continues, right? Like that this person is a piece of me and a part of my life. And obviously if they're not, I'll be so sad in the future. I'll grieve that, but that's not all of me right? That's, this is just one piece of my amazing life. 
Yeah. And when you, when you're saying that, I just want to share like one of the most helpful thoughts for me that, um, that I learned from our mentor, we were both trained with, (laughs) with the same program, but, um, it has helped me so much with relationships and just being able to like move on and continue my life and like, kind of let that go is just the thought this relationship is complete. Like it's served its purpose in my life. I've learned what I've needed to learn from it and it's okay to move forward now. Yeah. That's such a beautiful thought. Like if you're going through a breakup or even if you're maybe just dealing with some anxiety and you're afraid of going through a breakup is maybe even remind yourself like, Hey, if it ends, it's going to be complete. Right. Yeah. Everything ends right on time. Right. I'll learn so much from this situation, but there's more ahead. Right. Yeah. So I think sometimes it's really hard to just be like, well, I want to hang on to that or I don't want it to end or something like that. But, you know, I just think it helps us to be like, you know what? It's okay. Like this, this has served its purpose in my life for the amount of time that it has been in my life. And now it's okay. What if you like somebody and they don't like you? Oh, good question. So I think this is a big thing as a teen, right? Is I think even sometimes when someone doesn't like us, that can sometimes even add to the appeal of liking someone. Yes. Because a lot of times we kind of, what we as humans find appealing is like the thing or person that's unattainable, right? And that if we can somehow just convince that person to like us, that then we are finally worthy of love. We're finally, you know, like as amazing as we want to be. If that guy, if that boy finally likes us, then we can finally give ourselves permission to believe that we're beautiful. Or like we've made it. We've arrived. Yeah. <laughs> right. like, it can be like a goal almost, like something to conquer. And I think it's so important to recognize like when we're worried about other people liking us a lot of times, especially specifically that boy, a lot of times, again, we're kind of building them up in our head as this like perfect person. And then maybe even being hard on ourselves and like, okay, if I just change like this or this or this, then I can get them to like me versus like being able to like recognize he's got flaws, right? He is a human. He's not perfect. And I want someone who likes me for me. Like in the end, why, why would we want someone who doesn't like us to like us, right? Like who doesn't like us for who we genuinely are? Cause I think sometimes we can cut, try to change and fix ourselves, or recognize like, that's not my person. Like my person is going to adore me. Yeah. And I'm going to keep working on the question is, do, am I a person that I like, do I like me? Because in the end, that's what matters is how much we like and love ourselves. Right. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Such good advice. Such good advice for me to remember, even in, (laughs) even like in a marriage. Okay. Like, do I like myself? And I just think that's important work for any of us to be doing every single day is like being a person that we like to be with. Because if we don't even like to be with ourselves, how can we expect somebody else to want to be with us? Right. And a lot of times we think that if we can get that person to like us, then then that can compensate for what we're feeling. Then we can finally like ourselves. It works the opposite, which is it starts with us liking ourselves. And that actually is a really magnetic thing that other people are attracted to. The, the right people, the right person will be attracted to. 
Yeah. So what do you think in our teen years, a healthy relationship looks like? Yeah. Okay. This is such a good question. And I think there's so much that goes into this. Um, one thing that I think is important to recognize is I don't ever think relationships are going to be 100% healthy uh, be, just because as a human, as humans, we, we have flawed thinking. Sometimes we have negative emotions. Like we operate in unhealthy ways sometimes. So while relationships won't ever be a hundred percent perfectly healthy, right? We're going to have different dynamics we're bringing to a relationship, right? We're going to have baggage from our past. There are some things to look out for and identify that are red flags, things that are like not safe to be in a relationship with. So if your partner in any way is abusing you at all, like if there is anything physical happening or even verbal, like if they're constantly putting you down, that is not someone that you want to be in a relationship with. Someone who is manipulating you and trying, you know, gaslighting is a word people will use. Um, someone who is trying to manipulate how you feel. Um, whenever there is, you know, substance abuse happening. So if your partner is struggling with certain addictions, these are all things to kind of just be aware of, of like they can create a dynamic of a not safe environment to be in. Um, just that those are things to really look out for as like not safe in a relationship. Now, you know, there's, I think there outside of that, there are things we can do to build health in a relationship and identify like, is this a healthy relationship for me? And those things look like being willing to openly communicate with each other, you know, being willing to, you know, have that independence, like you said, not being completely swallowed up in this person, being able to identify yourself separately from them. Um, but again, these are all things we can work on. Like I look at my parents' marriage and I think it's so amazing, but it definitely didn't start out a hundred percent like that. Like they both came from some pretty broken homes and they, they had stuff they had to work on. And so sometimes pieces like communication and being open and vulnerable and, and honesty, I think honesty is a huge one. And that actually I would put in the red flag bucket if you have someone that's consistently lying to you. But communication is a skill and that's something that we build and your relationship's not going to be perfect at that. And that's totally okay. And I wouldn't freak out. Is that being an unhealthy relationship? Yeah, totally. Well, I still struggle with that one. Right. We all do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. It is a skill and it's a learned skill. And as we're changing and we're dynamic in our lives, so is our partner. And wow. so it's hard to know what the right thing to say is at a certain time or what, what the wrong thing to say is at a, at a certain time. And so we're changing beings. So is our, is whoever we're dating, they're changing too. They're growing, they're going through their stuff. And so we're all trying to manage our own selves and then still try to be in a relationship that's, you know, involved of two people that are constantly changing and trying yes. to manage it manage themselves. And so it's, it's tricky. Like it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. Yeah. I think that's also why they can be so fulfilling though, right? Cause it, it allows you to grow and develop in ways that you might not like 
I was someone in high school who never really had a best friend. I always just wanted like lots of different, I wanted like lots of different relationships that weren't ever very deep. And that to me was very comfortable because then I was able to pretend to be perfect more easily. I didn't ever have to really be vulnerable with someone and having an intimate relationship with someone requires like building more depth and not, again, not pretending like you're perfect. Um, It allows us to grow as a person in ways that we couldn't without that level of intimacy. Right. And be vulnerable. Right. It teaches us vulnerability, which we all need some more vulnerability in our lives. I think, (laughs) I think a big thing is again, like as a team building, building that sense of liking yourself. A lot of times we're spending so much time in their head and trying to figure out what they're thinking, but more building that sense of like loving and liking yourself, even like taking yourself on a date maybe and spending time with just you and getting to know you. And then, yeah, figuring out what are things that I like in a partner and using dating as a way to do that and not trying to figure it all out right now, right? Like relationships, just like Sammy said, they're, they evolve and grow and change over time. And so like letting yourself just kind of, you know, you know what you want long-term, you know, that maybe eventually you want to get married and use this time as an opportunity to learn more about what you want and how to connect with a person and not try to figure out all the puzzle pieces of your life right now. Yeah. And I just, I just remember like telling myself, like reassuring myself (laughs) was like, I have plenty of time. Yeah. Like I have plenty of time to figure this out, to find the right person, you know, and I eventually did. And I love him dearly, but it's almost like it's not a race and you don't have to figure it out this year or right now, but you do have so much time to find that person. Yeah. And I really feel like there being in a relationship, you're not just like wasting time. I think sometimes that's something people be afraid of, but when you believe that there's plenty of time is like, you're getting the experiences you need right now and just kind of trusting that process rather than rushing it. Right. So, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today. It's so good to hear from you and learn from you. I'm so happy to have you back. Thanks for having me. Bye guys. Bye. If you are interested in any of my one-on-one coaching programs for teens and their parents, please visit my website, knowingup.com. That's K-N-O-W-I-N-G-U-P.com. Thank you.